It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we go. Welcome into the San Francisco 49ers Report. We are live here on Chat Sports, and no matter where you are, how you're tuned in, we appreciate all of you for making our show a part of your day. So many content options out there, so we're always so thankful when you come and hang out with us. Lots to get to here on the show. We have some breaking news that we'll tell you about here in just a moment, but also we're going to talk about the latest Niners injury news. We're going to dissect Brock Purdy's performance last night against the Baltimore Ravens. Is it time to panic or not? I'm going to instill some confidence in the fan base and tell you why everything is going to be okay. And we'll do a mailbag as well. We want you to get involved. The faithful show up, show out. Use the hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to get featured here on the program. But the breaking news that we're talking about live here on the show, the Niners signing... A really intriguing defensive tackle in Sebastian Joseph Day, Jason McCourty, former player breaking the news that the Niners and Sebastian Joseph Day have agreed to terms per sources, gets a chance to join a contender and compete for another Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the Los Angeles Rams and then Matt Barrows, local reporter with this, can confirm that the Niners have agreed to terms with Joseph Day bolstering the interior of their defensive line while Eric Armstead is out with a foot injury. The deal ought to become official tomorrow. As I said, really intriguing signing here for the Niners. This is about as good of a, as a move as you can make to this Niners roster this late in the year as it's December 26th right now because oftentimes quality players like this are not available this late in the cycle. He was surprisingly released by the Los Angeles Chargers on the 22nd of December a few days ago. Cleared waivers, became a free agent, now signing with the Niners after starting 14 games with the Chargers this year. Two off-seasons ago, he signed a three-year, $24 million contract with the Chargers. He was looked at as a Brandon Staley type of guy. Brandon Staley gets let go, and then Sebastian Joseph Day let go as well. Had three sacks with the Chargers this year, and now is able to bolster the interior defensive line for San Francisco. With the loss last night to the Ravens, I do want to ask you this. Are you in or out on the Niners right now? I want you to let me know down in the comments section. Get that feedback in, and we'll start to give you some shout-outs here on the show. In or out on the Niners. Koveb, Javier, in. BK from the Bay. We need offensive line. We're going to talk about the offensive line on the show here today. Not good. Big Hurt, in. Marco, in on my Niners. Henry, we in. BK from the Bay adding, he is in as well. Inky Bro also in. I don't see a single person saying that they are out on San Francisco. If you want to be in on the show today and you want more people to get involved as you come in here, please make sure you hit that thumbs up icon and you like the video. 164 people watching live, only 46 likes. So support the show for free by hitting that thumbs up icon. Our live coverage today in the aftermath of that Ravens defeat is sponsored by Prize Picks. Get a $100 deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use the code CLNS for that $100 deposit match. Largest independently run daily fantasy sports app in North America. You pick two or more players. You choose more or less on their projected stat lines, and this is daily fantasy sports made easy. Last night, the Niners may have lost, but I cashed in. I had Brandon Ayuk, more than four and a half receptions. Chase Young, 
more than .25 sacks. He had a half sack last night. Christian McCaffrey just needed to score a touchdown. He did. And then Lamar Jackson, more than 199 and a half passing yards. Tell me, tell producer Chip, because we've been giving y'all winners all throughout this year. So, prizepicks.com slash CLNS. That link is available for you down in the comment section as well as in the description of this video. If you still believe in this football team, I asked you, are you in or out? A lot of you said in. So if you are still believing, I need you to type SF right now. And I want to see who is really faithful, living up to the faithful standard here. So type SF in the chat if you're in on this squad. Big Hurt, Joel Figueroa, Kovev, Shadows, Michael, Quentin, Val Brooks, Paul, TJ, Edwin, T-Max, David Corona. We featured your photos on the show last night. Hope all is well, my guy, Jet10. Type in those SFs as well. BK from the Bay, originally from the Bay. All right, if you're ready to start the show, we're going to start off talking about Sebastian Joseph Day. We're going to get to a whole lot more after that. Then make sure you hit that thumbs up icon and you like the video here. Can we get to 100 likes before we start the show? Let's go, baby. 73 likes right now. We need 27 more for us to get into this acquisition that San Francisco just made, signing Sebastian Joseph Day. Let's get to 100 likes. Real one roll call. Where are y'all at? Show up, show out. Producer Chip hanging out here with me yes, after sir. we were burning the midnight oil last night, quite literally working until a little bit past midnight central time here. But we're back better than ever, and we're ready to talk some Niners right here on the show. We're up to 86 likes. Can we get to 100? Let's go, baby. Also, we want to do a therapy session. Use hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to get your questions, your hot takes, your comments featured right here on the 49ers report. Anthony V saying, love the show, brother. I love you, brother. All right, some breaking news that we want to discuss live on the San Francisco 49ers report. For those of you that don't know, I am Chase Sr. Plenty to get to here on the show. And let's waste no time. Let's get into it right now. We're going to start off talking about Sebastian Joseph Day. We'll break down Brock Purdy's performance. We'll take your questions. I'll explain why you should not be concerned about this football team. And let's get it popping right now. We have some breaking news to get to here on the San Francisco 49ers Report by Chat Sports. I'm Chase Sr. Hope all of you out there are having a fantastic Tuesday and you were able to enjoy your Christmas despite the Niners losing to the Baltimore Ravens. This should really get you pumped up and this is something to be happy about. The 49ers have signed defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day. And at this point of the regular season, late in December, this is about as impactful of a move as a team can make considering the quality of the player. And there's plenty to get to with this acquisition to this Niners roster. But first, before we break all of this down, this is why you subscribe to the 49ers Report. We have more than 106,000 subscribers worldwide. And when breaking news happens, we are here for you. So lock us in and hit that sub button. Former player Jason McCourty breaking the news just moments ago on this Tuesday afternoon that the 49ers and defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day have have agreed to terms per sources. Joseph Day getting an opportunity to join a Super Bowl contender and compete for another Super Bowl. He was a six-round pick by the Los Angeles Rams out of Rutgers and won the Super Bowl with Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Donald and the Rams a couple of years ago when, yes, Los Angeles did beat San Francisco in the NFC Championship game back in 2021. And now... Sebastian Joseph Day going to a team that he's very familiar with in the NFC West with the San Francisco 49ers. Doesn't have to go far, obviously playing with the Chargers the last two years. Matt Barrows, after McCourty broke the news nationally, Barrows confirming it locally here that the Niners have agreed to terms with Joseph Day, bolstering the interior of their defensive line while Eric Armstead is out with a foot injury. More on him in a moment. The deal ought to become official tomorrow. With Joseph Day, I thought it was really surprising that he was released by the Chargers back on the 22nd of December, a couple of days ago at this point. 
And he signed a three-year, $24 million contract in free agency two off-seasons ago. I think that's a big reason why he cleared waivers, because the team didn't want to have to be on the hook for about $8 million per year with the final year of his deal coming in 2024. So he cleared waivers, became a free agent, and it was a surprising move by the Chargers considering the player that he is, but also he started 14 games with Los Angeles. As we know, though, the Chargers did fire their head coach two weeks ago in Brandon Staley, and he was a part of the front office and the coaching staff that brought Joseph Day in from the Rams and signed him to that lofty deal. I think it's more so of a backup defensive tackle, but San Francisco is already set at defensive tackle. So they're bolstering the depth with a really quality player on the interior of this defensive line. He ended up playing 30 games with the Chargers. He's been pretty durable throughout his career. These numbers coming in the last two years, 87 tackles, five sacks, three of those this year, one interception, four pass breakups, and 12 tackles for loss. My instant reaction to this signing, and I talked about this on a YouTube short right before we went live on the show, Joseph Day became a really intriguing player for the Niners as soon as he was released. Good scheme fit, quality player, and because of the Eric Armstead injury, this move made sense because Kyle Shanahan even said, we're really concerned about Armstead's foot injury. He said this a couple of days ago, that it's kind of the same ailment that Armstead was dealing with last year, plantar fasciitis last year, and on top of the foot injury for Armstead, he's also dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. So this move signals that the Niners are clearly concerned about Armstead's foot injury here as we progress throughout the regular season. Hasn't played the last couple of games. They did get Javon Hargrave back, who did register a sack of Lamar Jackson on Monday night, so that's good news. But outside of that, they're a little bit thin at defensive tackle. Pretty good size coming to this Niners defensive line. I'm sure Chris Kosarek, the best defensive line coach in football, is really excited about this move. 6'4", 310 pounds. He played his college football at Rutgers. He grew up in the Stroudsburg area of Pennsylvania. I actually interviewed his parents a few years ago when I was working for WNEP in Northeastern Pennsylvania. They're great people and really raised a great man who's always involved in the community. So you don't have to worry about any character issues here. Six-round pick by the Rams in 2016. They hit on a late-round selection. He was with Los Angeles, more so as an interior backup defensive tackle from 2018 to 2021, but his value is able to soar, and that's why he signed that nice contract with the Chargers there the last two years, and he inked that three-year, $24 million deal. Important to note, San Francisco is not going to be on the hook for that because he cleared through waivers and they don't have to pay him that salary. So with that, we ask you to chime in. This is our poll question, and this is our pinned comment. Do you like the signing of Sebastian Joseph Day? Type L for like, D for dislike. Let me know in the comments and sound off down below. More to get to with this move, but first, today's 49ers report is sponsored by Prize Picks, the largest independently run daily fantasy sports app in North America, and the best deal that any DFS app has to offer. A $100 deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS. You pick two or more players, you choose more or less on their projected stat lines, and you can win real money just like I did during Monday night's game. I put $5 down, and I won $50. Brandon Ayuk, more than four and a half catches. Cha-ching! Chase Young, more than .25 sacks. Cash in. Christian McCaffrey, more than a half touchdown. He was able to find Pater once again, his 21st of the year, and Lamar Jackson more than 199 and a half passing yards. Get involved, win real money, up to 25 times your money. Producer Chip and I, you should just be tailing us because at this point, we've been giving you winners all throughout this year. Prizepicks.com slash CLNS, code CLNS for that deal to apply. Let's take a look at Sebastian Joseph Day's pro football focus numbers. When you look at these... They're not all that great. But you have to keep in mind that Sebastian Joseph Day is going to be a backup defensive tackle for this team and maybe a spot starter if Eric Armstead continues to be out. 
Overall pro football focus grade of 59.7. But that Chargers defense, despite Brandon Staley being a defensive mind, was horrendous. And Staley probably wanted to bring in Joseph Day because he used to be the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. So Joseph Day was a Brandon Staley guy, but Brandon Staley's defense with the Rams did not translate to the Chargers. They were so bad. Run defense grade, 54. Pass rush grade of 64, three sacks this year. But the number that I'm really worried about, or at least the number that I'm really focusing in on, 25 pressures for Joseph Day. That's a really solid number right there. And you look at the overall numbers here. On top of the 25 quarterback pressures, he tallied 16 quarterback hits. He can make some plays in the backfield. He does have some quickness with that size, really brute force. He's not going to win with a variety of moves, but he is going to win and rely on a lot of his power. 31 tackles this year as well. And again, I want to circle back to this because this is a really important talking point here. The 49ers, I think, are signing Sebastian Joseph Day because they are clearly concerned about Eric Armstead's foot issue. Now he's dealing with the foot, he's dealing with the knee. But when Kyle Shanahan comes out and says, yeah, we really are concerned because it's the same plantar fasciitis injury that he dealt with last year when he was hobbled by that injury and missed some time. Armstead is a really big dude. He's like 6'7". And when he's on this team and playing for this defense, they're so much more of a better team. And when he's out, San Francisco really misses him. The Niners did give up 100 rushing yards to the Ravens last night. Doesn't concern me all that much. They're actually better against the run and stuffing it than they were the week prior when the Arizona Cardinals were able to run for 230-plus yards. With a player like Joseph Day, you're able to really bolster the interior defensive line, add to that unit to be better against the run. So this is a move that you're making late in the regular season, but this is an impactful player that you were adding for a stretch run, for a playoff run, for a Super Bowl run, and he definitely can help you as a spot starter and then obviously as a backup when Armstead is able to come back. And you're looking at the calendar right now. Isn't it crazy how quickly 2023 is gone? We're about to flip the page on this year from 2023 to 2024. It's December 26th. There are not a lot of scenarios and not a lot of instances in which a player of this pedigree of this level of talent is available this late in the year. So for San Francisco to add a player like Sebastian Joseph Day, this is really significant. And you wonder if moving forward beyond this year, he could be a viable long-term fit with San Francisco. Keep in mind that I think Javon Kinlaw, with the way that he's been able to play, and with the Niners declining his fifth-year option, is going to look to go somewhere else and cash in, especially with some of the injury issues that he's suffered. And behind Armstead, this is now back-to-back -back years in which he's dealt with foot issues. Javon Hargrave isn't a young player. He's in his early 30s. You want to bring in a player like Sebastian Joseph Day to fortify that depth in his late 20s, you could elect to sign him in free agency to really beef up that unit for a couple of years to come or on a one-year short-term contract. If you're subscribed to the show, we appreciate you, but show us that you're subscribed by typing real one. Thanks for watching today's show, and again, when breaking news happens, we always cover it for you here on the Niners Report. Eric Andre, TD Prods, Quentin Sproul, Kovev, BK, Lamb, William, Shades, Lore, Miguel, all real ones. Alicia, back in the chat. What up? Type in real one as well. Hopefully you all enjoyed that breakdown of the Sebastian Joseph Day signing. We are only getting started here on the show. We have two more segments left to get to. Talon Goodson, Paul Brand, Henry, Honcho, Robert. Also type in those real ones. If you want to be a part of the show, by the way, our third and final segment, we will be taking your questions. Use the hashtag 49ers. Better yet, send in a super chat to get those questions answered. Cool. All right, coming up next, some Niners injury news and takeaways from the Baltimore Ravens loss. That's what's coming up next. You ready to rock, Chip? All right, let's do it. 
Segment number two coming up right now. Coming up on today's San Francisco 49ers report, we're going to hit the latest Niners injury news after that loss to the Baltimore Ravens going into this second-to-last game of the regular season, cross-country trip against the Washington Commanders and that early East Coast window. And I have some takeaways from this Baltimore Ravens loss in specific, talking about Brock Purdy. First, want to thank the faithful for supporting the show. We surpassed 106,000 subscribers during our watch party on Christmas. And make sure you subscribe for daily coverage of the San Francisco 49ers. Let's start off on the Brock Purdy front. Suffered a stinger for the second consecutive week on that throwing shoulder. It's not ideal because he's a smaller player, doesn't have a bazooka for an arm, and now... The rigors of the 2023 season and the physicality of it wearing on Brock Purdy a little bit was taken out in the fourth quarter and did not return. Sam Darnold did come in, and I thought that Sam Darnold actually played really well against that Ravens defense. 8 of 14, 81 yards, threw a touchdown to Ronnie Bell on that in-breaking route in the end zone. Did throw an interception, but it came on fourth and goal from way out of town. Here's what Brock Purdy had to say about that stinger. The way I got tackled on that play, it lit up again, just like last week. Over time, it went away. At first, it was on fire. Over time, like last week, it did come back. And I do want to have a conversation about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy played a horrible game against Baltimore. But keep in mind, this is a very young player here who hasn't had the opportunity because of his youth to go up against a variety of defenses, especially one like the Ravens, which can mix up its looks from zone to man. And they have an excellent defensive line that's number one in the NFL in sacks. They have arguably one of the best linebacking cores outside of San Francisco in the NFL with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. They have excellent cornerback play, as we saw with all of the pass breakups that the Ravens had against the Niners' weapons. And then at that safety spot, they're really strong there, especially with Kyle Hamilton having the two interceptions of Brock Purdy. So I understand that Purdy did not play well on Christmas night, but bad games happen. And I don't care what quarterback you root for, what quarterback you like, what quarterback we're talking about. Whether it's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, John Elway, all quarterbacks have bad games from time to time. And Brock has played so well this year outside of the three-game losing streak after the 5-0 start and outside of this Ravens game that you can afford him a little bit of wiggle room. And this is a part of his learning process and his developmental process. 18-32, 255, no touchdowns, four picks. I get it. A rating of 42.5, not good enough in a big spot in what was deemed a Super Bowl 58 preview, but this is the type of performance that you can learn from. And by no means am I out on Brock Purdy after this bad game because the explosive plays were still there. In the intermediate area of the field, Brock Purdy was still really good. He actually struggled on some of the short passes, which usually are a lot of the gimmies. And when Kyle Shanahan says, I'm not too concerned about the interceptions, then I think that you read into that. Because again, this Ravens defense is a hell of a unit. And sometimes we get caught up in, oh my gosh, the 49ers turned the football over five times. They played lackluster ball. We got to give credit to the Ravens here who are a really legitimate team on both sides of the football, and they look to be bona fide Super Bowl contenders. Now, when Shanahan was asked about all of the interceptions, he went through all four of them, and Sam Darnold threw that fifth. Interception number one, and I said this during the watch party, Shanahan admitted it was a bad throw and a bad decision. Purdy went through his reads, went through his progressions. Debo Samuel was not the first read there. So Purdy threw that ball a little bit late, and there was a sliver of opportunity for him to fit that ball into Debo, but then he kind of threw it too far inside, and Kyle Hamilton, I thought, baited Brock Purdy a little bit. So that right there was a bad pick by Purdy. Interception number two, it was a really good play by Stevens, who came in on the corner blitz, and Kyle Shanahan even said, hell of a play by the corner against the screen, and it was that fake handoff where Purdy pivoted his feet and threw that ball right away. Now, some of you might say Purdy threw it without really looking at the defense. That is a play that's a quick hitter. 
a quick developing play where you're not supposed to really read the defense. A corner is not supposed to come in, or at least you expect to have that corner blocked up. Brock Purdy threw it. It's tipped up into the air, which was a great coaching point by this Ravens defensive staff because when you tip that ball up, it's in the danger zone and somebody can come down with it. Kyle Shanahan on interception number three for Brock Purdy. That was the 50-50 ball to George Kittle. And I actually thought that Kittle, who had a great night otherwise, tried to catch that ball with his body instead of trying to get his hands out there to catch the football. So he didn't do Purdy any favors. And Shanahan said 50-50 ball to George. Number 14 did a hell of a job to get his hand in there. And then interception number four, and by the way, interception number three was on that deflection as well. Interception number four, it was the right read for Purdy to kind of throw that ball right here, but his arm got hit. Should he have sensed that the defender was on his front side and try to step up in the pocket or not throw that football? Yeah, but the Niners' offensive line sucked against the Ravens. And they gave up more than 20 pressures in that game. And Colton McKivitz on that right side was getting beat time and time again. And then when he had to play left tackle after the Trent Williams and Jalen Moore injury, Jadavion Clowney was eating his lunch. So on that interception number four, Shanahan said right read, but he was getting hit as he threw. And that's the truth. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. Sometimes you get a little bit unlucky. I kind of chalk these up as unlucky picks for Purdy. And keep in mind, too, that the Niners entered that game with 13 turnovers on the year, the fewest in the NFL. It's hard to maintain that. It's not going to be smooth sailing every single week. And with the Niners being able to blow teams out, score more than 30 points, and with the offense just coming and clicking with such ease, people expect every single week for Brock Purdy to light the defense up. This league is too good. There's too much talent. Coaches are too good. Players are too good for it to just be a knife through warm butter every single week for this Niners offense. But that's the standard for the San Francisco team because that's how legit they can be when things are going right. The concern that I do have is that the Ravens may have put out a blueprint for how to limit this Niners offense. They played a lot of zone defense. So a lot of the pre-snap motion that Kyle Shanahan likes to incorporate in his offense, it doesn't really matter going up against his own defense because the defenders are going to be where they are and they're not really caught off guard or confused as if they would be when they're playing man defense. So maybe the book is out for at least how to give this Niners offense a difficult time. And another concern, offensive line and San Francisco not playing well from behind. So do Purdy's play... Uh, the Purdy's interceptions, excuse me, concern you at all. I want you to chime in and share your opinions down below in the comment section. Just give me a Y for yes or an N for no. Something else that I was thinking about with Brock Purdy too, by the way, and I kind of was thinking about this this morning, and I tweeted it out on X, at Chase underscore Senior, if you want to give me a follow. I don't understand why so many people hate on Brock Purdy. Like, usually people get behind an underdog story, but nationally, that's not the case with Purdy for whatever reason. But you think about his path here. He made Iowa State, of all schools, a nationally relevant program in a powerhouse conference in the Big 12. He was passed up multiple times by every single team in the NFL draft and was Mr. Relevant, the final pick of the draft. He made the 49ers 53-man roster with how he performed in training camp as well as the preseason as a third-string rookie. Then he had to step in as the starter in a playoff run after injuries to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And as a rookie, Brock Purdy went 7-0 as the starter before losing in the NFC title game against Philadelphia where he got knocked out early with that elbow injury. He undergoes elbow surgery in March. He comes back way earlier than doctors thought he would and predicted to be ready for the preseason in week one. And he's now 16-4 and four as a starter in the regular season. And going into last night, Mr. Irrelevant, year two player, was the odds-on favorite to win NFL MVP. His teammates rave about his character. They rave about his leadership. He's humble, treats people with respect, 
carries himself professionally at the podium, but many people are preying on his downfall, and they want to see him fail, and they're now celebrating him having a bad and fluky game against the best defense in the NFL. That right there is just weird energy, and I don't really get it. And some of the responses that I got, a lot of people don't like him because he looks young. What? We're really at a point where people are saying stuff like that. People don't like him because he was dropped into a Super Bowl contender. This dude earned his keep. He was doubted, overcame adversity, overcame odds. And just because he has a good surrounding supporting cast, people don't like him. It doesn't make a lot of sense. As I said, I tweeted those thoughts out. Tweets taken off at Chase underscore senior. You can hit me up on Instagram at Chase underscore senior. Shoot me an email, Chase at chatsports.com. Coming up next here on the show, more Niners injury news that we want to get to. So stay tuned for that. But first, Prize Picks, our sponsor for today's 49ers report. Get a $100 deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use the code CLNS largest. And best, independently run Daily Fantasy Sports app in North America. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. You pick two or more players, and you choose more or less on their projected stat lines. This makes game days a lot of fun. And this year, producer Chip and I, we provided you with so many winners week in and week out, just like I did on Monday night. I put $5 down. I won 50 Brandon Ayuk, more than four and a half catches. Cha-ching! Chase Young, more than .25 sacks. Gadim, Christian McCaffrey, more than a half rushing and receiving touchdown. Yes, sir. And Lamar Jackson, more than 199 and a half passing yards. Yup. Easy and exciting daily fantasy. PrizePicks.com slash CLNS. That's a look and a peek into how that game is played. Sign up today and get that $100 deposit match. More on the injury front for San Francisco. Aaron Banks, this is problematic, suffered a toe injury. Same foot that kept Banks out for two games earlier this year. And Banks confirmed that after the game that he re-aggravated that injury. So San Francisco was down Trent Williams. Then Jalen Moore, his backup, got hurt. And then Aaron Banks got hurt. So the Niners were having to reshuffle all of the chairs on the deck against the best defense in the NFL. That's not ideal especially when you're turning the pill over five times. The offensive line, more on that, they're really banged up here. Going into this game against Washington and then the Rams to round out the regular season. Jalen Moore has a concussion. He was the one who replaced Trent Williams. The good news here with Trent Williams, it's a groin injury. He did want to return, but the medical staff held him out. What we're going to keep an eye out for is the MRI that Trent Williams has to get. And that'll determine if there's any type of damage in that groin injury. Colton McKivitz had to play left tackle. And then Spencer Burford had to play right tackle. That ain't good, ladies and gentlemen. Nor is this. The Niners offensive line really, really struggled in a game where they couldn't afford to do that. And the biggest weakness for this team going into this year continues to hinder this team. And I know that the Niners offensive line has played a little bit better in recent weeks. This is just not going to cut it when you get into the playoffs, and this is something that can hold you back from your goals. The Niners gave up 22 total pressures. That is the most since week one against the Steelers when San Francisco gave up 15 when T.J. Watt was just owning Colton McKivitz. 15 pressures in week one, that's understandable because you're working out things after the preseason and after training camp. To have 22 pressures given up in week 16 can't happen. And Baltimore's defensive line able to cause destruction. Four total sacks. The Ravens added on top of being the number one sack team in the NFL. And you look at some of the pressure numbers here. Colton McKivitz gave up nine, surrendered two sacks. Spencer Burford allowed four, one sack. John Feliciano, Aaron Banks surrendered three. Jake Brendel, Trent Williams only with one. You look at those numbers, and you come away from it saying, that ain't good. Because in the NFL playoffs, you're going to be going up against a team potentially like the Rams and Aaron Donald, like the Cowboys, really good defensive line. Philadelphia Eagles, they can get after the quarterback, although this year, 
after leading the NFL in sacks last year, haven't quite been the same unit. And then if you get to the Super Bowl, you might have to play this Ravens team once again, and the playbook is out here for how to beat this Niners team. Offensive line, gotta be better, man. Gotta be better because if you can't run block and you can't pass protect, that's an early oust in the NFL playoffs. Yes, the 49ers did lose against the Ravens. And yes, the offensive line was a hot pile of garbage. The Niners are still the number one seed in the NFC, and here's how they can secure home field advantage at Levi's Stadium in the NFC playoffs. They are 13.5-point favorites against the Commanders. 49ers have to beat Washington. The Cowboys are 6.5-point home favorites against the Lions. San Francisco needs the Cowboys to beat the Lions to eliminate the opportunity for Detroit to get home field advantage. And then the Niners will need some more help, and they're going to need Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals as 10.5-point underdogs to beat the Eagles. If all three of these things happen, that San Francisco can clinch the number one seed with the win and all those other scenarios against the Commanders here on Sunday. And this is pretty telling here. A lot of you want to tell me the Niners are cooked, you're doubting this team, this was a Super Bowl measuring stick and they failed. The odds makers not really changing their opinion on San Francisco. Super Bowl odds on this Tuesday after Christmas. Guess who's still the odds on favorite? to win the Super Bowl at plus 225. San Francisco. Baltimore Ravens at plus 350. Miami Dolphins soaring up to plus 750. And what I disagree with here, I think the Chiefs are a disjointed team. 8-1, to one, I don't like that because they don't have any wide receiver help and that offense is stunk. So let me ask you, what seed will the Niners get and will they get that number one seed? We want to hear from the faithful as always because you have a voice and you have a platform on this show. And as always, thanks for supporting the 49ers Report. Couple of super chats coming in. Miguel C said, Niner Nation all day. Thank you, Miguel, for that. Beast Mode Gaming checking in with the $2 super chat. People hate people that have success coming from nothing. Yeah, that is a part of a problem in our society here today. Beast Mode Gaming, a $5 super chat. Envy and jealousy is really sad. People should be happy for him. I think he is the guy that will give us the sixth ring. The lost, or the loss, he meant to say, is bad, but we will adjust and win. Yeah, Brock Purdy is still number one in multiple categories among all quarterbacks, despite the clunker against Baltimore. Love the positivity there, Beast Mode Gaming. Eric. A $5 super chat. Don't see peeps giving Patty Mahomes hate for not looking good without his weapons. Just my boy BP13. Yes, Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls, but people rarely criticize him. Brock Purdy, a stand-up dude, treats people with respect, and you got everybody preying on his downfall. Very weird energy. Thanks for the super chats that came in. If you want to donate to the show, you can send in a super chat as well. We do want to answer your questions too on the back half of our third segment. So use hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to get featured live on the 49ers report. One get more segment to get in, to. Man. Yeah, get those questions in. You heard from producer Chip. Hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you why you should not hit the panic button after the Niners lost to the Ravens. Alicia, people will find any excuse or reason to hate on someone. People don't like seeing successful people when it's not them. Purdy is good and they know it, but don't want to admit it. I love that, Alicia. Very wise words right there. All right, coming up next, why you should not panic about the Niners. Greg Smith, how does the seeding look? Niners are still number one seed. And as I just broke down on the show, we discussed how the Niners can get home field advantage this upcoming week. All right, let's get to our final segment. Continue to get those questions in by using a hashtag 49ers. Or send in a super chat as well.
What's good? Welcome in. Thanks for watching the show. This is the San Francisco 49ers report and on the docket for today's show, I'm going to explain why you should not hit the panic button despite that ugly loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Before we get into that and before we take some of your questions from our loyal subscribers, let's get to our loyal sponsor, Manscaped. You can get 20% off on the best men's grooming products at manscaped.com slash 49ers and use the code 49ers. Why I love Manscaped, they have the best men's grooming products. No doubt, the best. And that's why 9 million men worldwide, including me and producer Chip, put our trust in them. Safeguard technology so you know if you take a razor to your face or down below the belt to the sensitive area, you're not going to get cut up. Great battery life as well. Their boxer briefs, the most comfortable boxer briefs that I have ever worn. Very affordable products, but also they're durable and high quality. Manscaped.com slash 49ers. Promo code 49ers. We'll tell you more about them coming up here in just a little bit. So I'm not too concerned about the San Francisco 49ers, even after that loss to the Ravens. 33-19. Five turnovers, Brock Purdy with four interceptions, and here is why. When you look at the numbers, the 49ers had more passing yards than Baltimore, 308 to 241. The 49ers had more rushing yards than the Ravens, 121 to 102. A lot of you might say, a lot of those yards came in garbage time. This was a close game at halftime. It just unraveled in the third quarter with a couple of Brock Purdy interceptions, and that's why Baltimore was able to put up 17 unanswered points in that third frame. Also, this was the best defense in the NFL overall and the number one defense against the run. And Christian McCaffrey had a heck of a game. There were running lanes there and big plays that he was able to pick up. San Francisco also outgained the Ravens. 429 to 343. San Francisco's yards per play, 6.3 to the Ravens, 5.4. But this is what this game comes down to. When you turn the football over five times, including two interceptions in the red zone, multiple around midfield, it's impossible to win, especially against a juggernaut like the Baltimore Ravens, who are physical, who have some dogs, who are very well coached. Those turnovers are the story of the game. The story of the game is not that San Francisco got outclassed, not that San Francisco is a bunch of frauds. The 49ers really didn't have a lot of trouble in moving the ball against the number one defense in the National Football League. To me, San Francisco beat themselves with the five giveaways, but also 10 penalties for 102 yards. Uncharacteristically, they were sloppy. And they had all these self-inflicted wounds, which really, really hurt them. And what that does is, it really halts all of your momentum. And I think people need to start understanding. This is for the casual football fans out there. The difference between a defense playing poorly and the offense putting the defense in an impossible position to succeed. The San Francisco 49ers gave up seven straight scoring drives for the first time since 2005. That sounds awful, but the Ravens scored touchdowns on three drives last night. One began on their 47-yard line, the second began on the San Francisco 44, and the last one started at the Niners' nine. So of those three touchdown drives, one was 91 yards, and that was a bad blemish for this Niners defense. Outside of that, this Niners defense was put in a really difficult position to have success because the turnovers for the Niners came in the red zone, but also at a point of the field where the Ravens were able to take over in advantageous territory. Not only did the Niners turn it over five times, they set up Baltimore with a couple of short fields, and with that offense, with Lamar Jackson, who's now the odds-on favorite to win NFL MVP, ladies and gentlemen, that is a recipe for disaster. Now, Brock Purdy was not great, but this Ravens team is also really good. Give credit where credit is due. And let's also talk about Brock Purdy's interceptions. Outside of the first one, the last three, kind of unlucky. 
coming on deflections, and then the one where his arm got hit. The Niners were able to move the football. They had explosive plays on offense, a couple to George Kittle, a couple to Debo, a couple to Ayuk, some to Christian McCaffrey. And you look at some of the individual performances for this Niners team. Yeah, Brock Purdy threw those four interceptions, but how about the evenings that Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, and McCaffrey were all able to have against this really good Ravens defense? Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries, 103 yards. Average yards per carry, 7.4. That didn't all come in garbage time. George Kittle, 7 catches for a buck 26. Ayuk, 6 catches for a buck 13. And Debo Samuel, 4 catches for 47. 12 targets, a little bit too much for Debo in my opinion. But the Niners put up some really gaudy numbers against this Ravens team. So with that, I do want to ask you our poll question here. Niners lose by two scores. Should have been closer. If they don't turn the football over that many times, I think it's a different game. Are you in or out on the Niners? Type in, type out. Join the conversation down below in the comment section right now. As I mentioned off the rip, today's 49ers report is presented by Manscaped. Step into 2024 with confidence, thanks to Manscaped, where resolutions are met and hairs are neatly kept. As the new year approaches, why not make self-improvement a breeze by keeping your body well-groomed? Introducing Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, the ultimate all-inclusive kit designed to help you feel clean-cut and confident as you should. It features the Powerhouse Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This next-gen trimmer ensures precision and ease when tackling your toughest hairs. So kick off 2024 with the trim above the rest and use the code 49ers at manscaped.com slash 49ers for 20% off and free shipping. The Performance Package 5.0 is here, and let me tell you, it's got futuristic tendencies, man. Included in this bundle, bundle Lawnmower 5.0, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the essential aftercare products like Crop Soother, Ball Aftershave Lotion, Crop Preserver, Anti-Chafing, Ball Deodorant, and two free gifts. Those two free gifts, the Boxers and the Shed 2.0 Travel Bag. I know a lot of us like to do a lot of traveling, me included, and when I do travel, I'm traveling with the Manscaped Travel Bag, all thanks to this great deal. Limited time only, usually 20% off. You can get 25% off and free shipping, manscaped.com slash 49ers. Start to take your questions here on the show. This one coming in from Big Worm 14 If we win out, we still get the number one seed, right? Let's show how San Francisco can get the number one seed this week. And if the Niners do win out, they will get the number one seed. To get the number one seed this weekend... Niners, 13.5-point favorites, have to beat Washington. They need the Cowboys to beat the Lions because they're a threat to get the number one seed, minus 6.5. Cardinals, 10.5-point underdogs. They need to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's how the Niners can wrap up the number one seed this week. And if they do win against the Commanders and Rams, then yes, they will secure home field advantage to go through Levi's in Santa Clara. Henry, the average Niner fan, why do the Niners keep declining to sign an offensive lineman? It's like they are allergic to it. It is weird. This is not a problem that is caused by what the Niners are doing or not doing right now. This is the Niners not drafting a tackle in the third round. They drafted a kicker. They drafted a tight end who wasn't even going to make the 53-man roster. They had opportunities, multiple junctures, to add an offensive lineman in the draft. They could have done it in free agency. They neglected that position, and they're not investing in it outside of Trent Williams, who is the best left tackle in the game. This is a little bit of a philosophical approach and preference for the Niners that I simply do not agree with. I would invest a lot more in the offensive line because against the Cowboys last year in the playoffs, against the Eagles, now against the Ravens, what has happened? This Niners offensive line... It has not been good, and it has been a leaky valve, and that can cost San Francisco. Now, at this point of the off uh, at this point of the season, I should say, there's just not good offensive linemen available. Melvin Wagner, do you think 
We need a cornerback. I think San Francisco is really set. Charvarius Ward's been a top-five corner this year. Ambry Thomas has been really good on the outside. Diamador Lenore has been excellent in the slot. The Niners did elevate Jason Verrett to the active roster. He did give up a touchdown, but his initial coverage was actually pretty good on Nelson Aguilar, who did a good job coming back to the football once Lamar Jackson was able to escape a little bit. I think the Niners pretty set at corner. Brent Smith, Chase, everybody played poorly. Offensive line, Brock's wide receivers, Ambry Thomas, linebackers, and the entire defensive line continues to miss tackles. I actually thought that Ambry Thomas played pretty well. Um, some of the numbers for him are actually pretty intriguing with what he was able to do. And I have some of the numbers right here, I believe, if I can pull it up. It's not happening for me right now. But uh, I think that Ambry Thomas, really since being inserted as the starter on the outside coming out of the bye week, he's been really good. I mean, he gave up 21 yards on seven targets against the Ravens. Two forced incompletions, one pass breakup, and a passer rating against of 62.2. Brent, you do talk about something that we talked about last week. Something that I've talked about a lot here on the show, and this is why you subscribe, because I think that we can make you smarter, more informed people. The Niners missing tackles has been an issue all year. Ambry Thomas, if you think that he's missed tackles, he's only missed one tackle in 42 attempts this year. So he's not the issue there. But other players missing tackles has continued to be problematic. Mr. Block Ice, the whole team, period, Needs to look at that game and see what they did the F wrong. Go Niners. No panic over here. Purdy will be fine. Don't F up with the penalties. Yeah, 102 yards in penalties. Unacceptable for a game of that significance. That simply just can't happen. Um, Niners offensive line, I think it's a lack of talent. It's just who they are. You're just got to hope that when they play against a really good defensive line at some point in the playoffs, that they're going to have a good day and not a bad day. Because when they have a bad day, we saw what happened on Christmas night. Greg Smith, people that hate Brock Purdy, they don't know ball. I like that energy, Greg. And I think that Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback. The accuracy, the anticipation, being able to read defenses, layering footballs in with touch, being able to decipher what defenses are doing. I think that he has a lot of mature quarterback abilities and has a lot of intangibles that you want in a quarterback. He had a bad day against the Browns. What do you know? One of the best defenses in the NFL. He had a bad day against the Baltimore Ravens. One of the best defenses in the NFL. Bad days are going to happen, especially when you're going up against teams too that you don't often play against what's also interesting is how Brock Purdy has kind of struggled against AFC teams which is weird but again the lack of familiarity I think is an issue Brock Purdy against the NFC 13 and 1 31 passing touchdowns five picks against the AFC 3 and 3 11 touchdowns 10 picks could cause for some concern when you think about a Super Bowl run, but I have confidence in the player to have that short memory and to make the necessary adjustments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for daily and year-round shows on the Niners. Always great chopping it up with the faithful as part of our mailbag segments. So thanks for getting those questions in.